This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. A little drive home reaction from that freaking disaster. The Nets got embarrassed. They got destroyed by the Boston Celtics. It was an emotional day for me. It was my return to Barclays Center. I hadn't been to a game since the first 76er win. Uh, the 76er win in Brooklyn with Kevin Durant and the kids playing well. That followed up that great game against the Raptors. That was in December of last year. What a freaking different universe we were living in at that point. Uh, so I went back to Barclays tonight. I'm a glutton for punishment because obviously I knew with uh, no Kyrie eligibility, with Kevin Durant hurt, with James Harden moping, this was going to be ugly. And little did I know, little did we know, despite looking at a starting five of DeAndre Bembry and Bruce Brown and Patty Mills, God bless his soul, he's not a point guard, the corpse of Blake Griffin, Kessler Edwards, that this team would fall behind 14-0. That this team would fall behind... Uh, 28 to two. Is that what it got with? Did it get to 28 to freaking two? I mean, listen, I, I've watched a lot of bad basketball in my life. I've watched a lot of bad teams in my life. I don't know if I ever remember seeing my team down 28 to two. So that's a record. And remember we saw 12 and 70. Okay. Losing crap basketball is not something that's new to us. Uh, so this was non-competitive. This was Look, I mean, what were my expectations going in with this skeleton unit? There, there were no expectations. I mean, I didn't expect them to beat a hot Celtic team. Maybe I thought they would compete a little bit like the first half of the Denver game. But, my God, this this season has gone in a way in which none of us could have imagined. You want to say I'm negative or net fans are negative or we always think the worst. Maybe we do. But I don't think there's one of any of us that thought we would be sitting here staring at a nine-game losing streak, staring at James Harden essentially forcing his way out, staring at the vaccine mandate still being a major issue, Durant on the shelf, Joe Harris on the shelf, not knowing when he's ever going to come back. I mean, we are at a freaking crossroads. And obviously, what's there to say about this game? They suck. Uh, I guess we can get into the fact that Sean Marks did not exactly do a great job building the roster around the three superstars. But look, the biggest issue of the day is James Harden. And as we sit here today, and as I record this right now, a little bit before 10 o'clock on Tuesday night, as the Nets have lost nine in a row, I find it really hard to believe that they're not going to trade this guy. I got to be honest. And I know we could sit here and say, well, they can 
hope that James Harden changes his attitude once Irving's eligible to play home games, which there's a, at least a level of confidence that that can change with the mask mandates in New York City uh, changing or New York State changing, that maybe this vaccine mandate will change. There's a hope Kevin Durant's going to get healthy, that this roster will look different when they've got three superstars playing around it. But James Harden doesn't want to be here. I mean, is that not painfully obvious? And look, we can try to figure out why and we can rip him and say, oh, wow, he faces one bit of adversity with this team and he gives up. And we can go nuts about it. But the reality is he doesn't want to be here. So as much as we can kind of psychoanalyze the whys, if this guy doesn't want to be here, we got to ask ourselves a very important question. Are we really going to risk the next few months with James Harden on this team, hoping his attitude changes, knowing he's probably out the door, knowing he's probably going to come up small in the postseason, knowing something's going to keep these three guys from playing together, knowing this is all going to blow blow up in our face at some point, or do we just try to max out what we can get for him? And I got to tell you, I wrestle back and forth about it. Because, look, there's a part of me that says, and I made this clear on the air on the Saturday show, I said, look, this is what I want. This is the package I would need. And to me, that package may sound very unrealistic to Daryl Morey and very unrealistic to Philadelphia 76er fans, and maybe it is. But I want, besides Ben Simmons, which is obvious, I want Seth Curry and I want Tyrese Maxey. And I get it. The 76ers are going to tell everybody who would listen, Tyrese Maxey is untouchable. The Sixers' Twitter accounts put it out there, he's untouchable. And I respect that they feel that way about him. Because I felt that way about Jared Allen. And guess what? If you want a alleged superstar, if you want that guy, you have to come get him with more than a pea shooter. Now, I know the great response you could have is, come on, Evan, if Sean Marks is going to trade him, deadline approaches on Thursday, 3 o'clock, what's he going to do? Is he going to hold on to him? My attitude is yes. My attitude is this is what I need. If you can't match that, if you can't make that happen, go F yourselves. I'll take the risk that James Harden's attitude begins to change as this team gets healthier. Because, look, I can't freak out about free agency next year for two reasons. Number one, I got a chance to win an NBA championship, though that feels incredibly foreign right now with a nine-game losing streak and being non-competitive. But, yes, if everybody's healthy, sure, we have a shot. And the other reason I can't get nuts about free agency is the odds are very high that James Harden is going to want an extension from the Brooklyn Nets with a super max and then be traded to Philly. It's called a sign and trade. Okay, the idea that the Sixers are going to clear up enough cap space and then James Harden's going to opt out and still have to take less money to go to Philadelphia, I don't think is very realistic. So the truth is, If he decides to leave, if this blows up in our face, aren't we getting Ben Simmons at a minimum anyway? I get it, nothing else. Maybe small salary filler to make it work because Harden at that point would probably opt in and be traded. Okay. Are you not willing to risk the pieces of, let's say, a Seth Curry and a Tyrese Maxey? because that's really the difference in any kind of trade during the offseason and an off and a trade now, and say, my gamble is, if you don't give me that, I'll keep James, 
I'll hopefully roll the die and win a championship. Maybe I don't. Maybe he leaves. And then I basically get the same freaking package anyway that's led by Ben Simmons. So, look, it's obvious James Harden is moping. I mean, the, the, the whole report of Patty Mills saying he looks great, and then a few hours later he's ruled out, and Steve Nash has to say, well, he wasn't really practicing. I mean, they're, they're making poor Patty Mills a liar. And look, poor Steve Nash. We could sit here and rip his rotations all day. I didn't love the fact that he had Cam Thomas coming off the bench. I'm not arguing that it would have made a difference in terms of them winning. But when you look at the starting five you put on the floor, would it have been smarter to start one guy who's actually a threat offensively in Cam Thomas? Absolutely. But look, poor Steve Nash has to stand there and lie. Steve Nash has to stand there and say, we're not trading James Harden. And the exercise of the last few days, like we're all a bunch of schmucks, is infuriating. It's infuriating to know Shams is getting his leaks from one side, Woj is getting his leaks from the other side, and it's all about one giant game. And we as fans are caught in the middle of this game. So look, right now, I think James Harden's going to be traded. What I don't know is what Sean Marks is going to be able to walk away with. My gut tells me we're going to be disappointed. My gut tells me it's going to be Danny Green and a freaking protected second-round pick or some shit like that. But that's the question. And I think we're all just inevitably waiting for that eventual Woj bomb, or maybe it'll come from Shams, that lets us know that this big three era, which lasted a shade over a year, which featured, what, 16 games, is going to crumble. Now, I get it. Can we still compete? Can we still win? Yes, if Kevin Durant is healthy, we can compete. If Kyrie Irving's eligible for every single game, yes, we can compete. On June 30th, 2019, we were celebrating Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. James Harden was not a dream at that moment. Maybe not even a want a year ago, as some of us, including myself, didn't want him to begin with. But you have to admit that this is a colossal disappointment. Even if you didn't want James Harden the way I didn't, when he was playing like an MVP last year and this team was rolling, and even as they were rolling through the first round against Boston, it was a sense of invincibility that we had, a sense of inevitability that we had. And for it to crumble like this is mind-numbing. And and look, I'll be perfectly honest with you, it doesn't make it easier that we are being laughed at in our own city It doesn't make it easier that there is a clear, hostile attitude towards the Nets, which, by the way, I'm not bitching about. I understand. Like, I get why 80% of the media and 80% of New York sports talk hosts and 80% of fans hate us. I get it. They're Knicks fans. And I'm not going to sit here bashing the Knicks. We all know what the Knicks haven't done over the last few years. We know what they wanted to do, what they tried to do. So, look, I respect that there's a hatred. If you're a Met fan, you hate the Yankees. I get it. But it is different than I think what any other fan base faces in this town because when the Jets have a brutal loss, yeah, there'll be giant fans laughing at them and mocking them and vice versa, but it's not as if we're being pointed at by everybody. And it does feel like with the other teams, there's a sense of, ah, we'll root for New York, you know? (laughs) We don't get that. So, yeah, it makes it difficult. I mean... We'd be lying. I think we'd be lying if we didn't say, you know, being 
not laughed at because honestly, if you're a Nick fan, you really can't laugh. I guess just enjoying our destruction makes it a little bit more difficult to deal with. But let's all have our own self-pity. We are destructing before everybody's eyes. And I know that in four days, we're going to wipe ourselves off. We're going to dust ourselves off. We're going to make it seem like Ben Simmons is a perfect fit and we love him and he was misunderstood in Philadelphia. We're going to talk up the fact that Danny Green is a local kid and we'll talk up the fact that Kyrie Irving will soon be eligible for all games, assuming that happens. And we'll talk ourselves in to being a championship contender. And let me tell you, if we win an NBA championship, this will be a great story. This will be a great 30 for 30. It'll be a great documentary. It'll be a great story for our kids and our grandkids. The adversity we faced in February of 2022. But in this moment, this sucks. In this moment, we are self-destructing all in front of everyone's eyes. And in this moment, can you truly be confident that Kevin Durant's going to come back in the timetable they claimed considering everything that's going on with Joe Harris. Can you be confident? Can you be confident that this general manager, and and look, Brian Cashman faces the same thing. What you've done in the past only goes so far. I appreciate that Sean Marks took a team with no cap space and no draft picks and turned it into a competitive team, a playoff team, and eventually a team appealing enough to sign Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But in the here and now, Sean Marks has failed us. He has failed us in the way he built this roster, and he's failed us in two things that Sean Marks said to us not too long ago. And I want to remind you what our GM told us. Number one, he told us, I am confident everybody will be vaccinated and good to go, adhere to the local vaccine mandate rules. We have no worries. Now, I'm not blaming Sean Marks for that, but Sean Marks said that. Number two, Sean Marks had the ultra-confidence that James Harden and Kyrie Irving would ink their contract extensions at some point during training camp, and that was right after Kevin Durant obviously signed his extension. Boy, did he misread that one. Now, I'm not pinning this all on Sean. What I'll pin on Sean is this roster. What I'll pin on Joseph Tsai is his cheapness, his cutting of corners. And and look, cheapness might not, may not, might not be the right word, but here are the facts that Carton laughed at, that most people dismissed. The facts are he let Spencer Dinwiddie go for nothing. And that was over luxury tax. And he walked away with trade exceptions that God knows if they'll even use. They could have walked away with Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell. Do you think the Brooklyn Nets would be better if they had Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell? You think so? Think they'd be slightly better? That was about cost cutting. They moved DeAndre Jordan's contract and had to throw in second-round picks because of cost-cutting. And for Joseph Tsai, who actually had the balls to make the comment, winning is my religion, if that is truly how you feel, then why were those two things that I just described done? They were done for money. And I get it. It's his money. It's a lot of money. The tax bill would have been crazy. If you want to get into the deep end of the swimming pool and you want to compete for an NBA championship, you don't F around. You don't. I'm sorry. You don't F around by saying, let's use 
second round picks that God knows what it can be used at at the trade deadline. It could bring in a piece that, I don't know, you didn't think you'd need, but you do. So look, this is a collective failure. And for anyone that wants to blame this on Kyrie Irving, that's fine. I get it. Kyrie Irving not being eligible for home games has been a major, major issue to this team. If Kyrie Irving is on the floor tonight, I'm not saying we win, but I'm saying we have a shot. And I certainly didn't mean any pun by that. So I get it. But this is a collective failure. All right? Kyrie Irving deserves blame. Mayor de Blasio and his vaccine mandate deserves blame. Joseph Tsai and the cutting of corners deserves blame. Sean Marks and not assembling a tremendous roster around these three superstars deserves blame. And yes, James Harden, who thought it would be easy, who thought I would coast to a championship, I blame James Harden. They all deserve blame. This isn't about picking one person. This isn't about deciding we're only blaming this guy. When you have the kind of failure that we're staring at, when you have the colossal meltdown that we're staring at, you really think it's one person? It's everybody. It's everybody except Kevin Durant. Okay? That's the one person you don't blame. So look, I think James Harden's going to be traded. I dread what the return's going to be. I pray I'm wrong to the basketball gods. I still hold out hope that somehow Ben Simmons is flipped to Utah and we end up with Donovan Mitchell. I know that's a fantasy. That's not happening. But here's the point. This big three is going to become the biggest what if we've ever seen in sports. At least for us in New York. At least for us as Net fans. I don't want to argue other what ifs. And that's the world we live in. And that's why, that is why, and you want to say I sound like Joe right now, that's fine. That is why, don't ever give me crap for thinking this team won't win a championship, that team won't win a championship, oh, you're too negative. Am I though? Am I really negative? Or do I just root for the teams that bring upon that negativity? Anyhow, I'm on my way home. I'm on the Grand Central, headed back to my home. What a return to Barclays Center. The Nets get thoroughly embarrassed and destroyed by the hated Boston Celtics. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Brooklyn Basketball Podcast.